So the Health and Social Care Alliance today have been hosting a meeting with the European Economic and Social Committee. That's the voice of civil society in Europe. And we've been delighted to have partners from the trade union movement, from the third sector in Scotland, uh, and our colleagues in Europe to come along and to talk about what does Brexit mean in our local communities. So the president of the Brexit committee, Stefano Malia from Malta, has come to Scotland to learn about what's happening here and to, to do a fact-finding mission. Uh, we were pleased to have him at the Alliance today and to join him in meetings yesterday at Scottish Parliament and Scottish Government. So um, what comes up next is, is some remarks from Stefano about the purpose of his visit how the European Economic and Social Committee wants to connect in post-Brexit and where we go from here. So Stefano, um, it would be good to hear a little bit about what your visit to Scotland is about and what the EESC wants to learn from the visit, perhaps first. Yeah, sure. First and foremost, thank you for this opportunity today. Um, uh, I think it's important to understand first of who we are a bit. Um, the European Economic and Social Committee is a committee um, uh, established by the, by the treaties of the European Union, so it's not some temporary committee, but it is a committee which is there and it's a permanent structure of the European Union. And within that committee, you will find members from across the whole of the EU, so each EU country has members in this committee, and the the committee members uh, are split into three groups. So we're not, but we're not split according to political alliances, but we're split according to um, uh, trade unions, employers, and civil society and NGOs. So these are the three groups that you will find. So what we have been doing, what we've decided to do, is that we are um, undertaking what we call missions. I don't want to over dramatize by using the word missions, but this is the word that we use. Um, whereby, for example, last month we were in, uh, in Belfast, now we are in, in Scotland, primarily in Glasgow and Edinburgh, um, uh, and then next month we will be in Cardiff, and after that we will be in London. And the idea is that we are meeting as much as possible uh, in a very intense manner, I must say, I would say from nine to nine at least, um, uh, key um, social partners, civil society players, number one, to um, understand what their preoccupations are in terms of Brexit. Now, be it a hard Brexit or a soft Brexit, obviously that is a, a whole discussion. And number two, and I would say almost more importantly for me coming from the European Economic and Social Committee, is what kind of relationship they would like to have post-Brexit scenario. Um, and this information for us is important because it will help us formulate the, the ideas and formulate um, how we can take this initiative forward. After we have done these missions, what we will, what we will be doing is that we will, um, and assuming that Brexit takes place on the 31st of October, now obviously one waits to see what happens, but we have to work on that assumption, we will then organize um, an event uh, in the UK whereby we will bring these people, these um, organizations together that we have been meeting over the past few months, and together we will map out um, the way forward. Now, there are, when I'm discussing with these organizations, there are, I, will, I always think there are two conditions which are very important that we need to satisfy, not as some kind of negotiation position, but these are um, uh, factual situations that we need to, 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 to have in place. Number one is, of course, there has to be a desire from the UK side to have this kind of relationship, because it could be that there might be people who are not interested in having this, which is fine, I respect that. And there also needs to be 
um, we feel that there needs to be some kind of negotiated departure from the EU. Now, we say this not um, to be political, but in a practical way, and I'll say why. Because we want the relationship post-Brexit to be structured. We want it to be formal. Uh, we want it to be something whereby both the UK and the EU put finances into it, put a commitment into it, um, the people who are going to participate are clearly identified, the objectives of these of this relationship and these meetings will be clearly stated, etc., etc. And that we can only do that through a formal structure. We already have these kind of relationships with other countries uh, which are outside of the EU. Um, and these come through, for example, a trade agreement which exists between a country, a non-EU country and the EU. But we clearly, in our minds, we are very clear that the relationship that um, we will have with the UK, and I am sure we'll have a relationship post-Brexit with the UK, will be more intense and more dynamic because of who the UK is. So this is this is very clear. Um, of course, at the moment, we don't know if there's going to be a negotiated deal or not between um, the UK and the EU. But whatever happens, um, if Brexit happens on the 31st of October, our intention is to at least start the process. In the meantime, um, in our in our setup in our role. As the European Economic and Social Committee, we do have meetings with other institutions. We've had meetings with Michel Barnier directly. We've had meetings with people from his cabinet, meetings with commissioners, meetings with MEPs. And we will be um, communicating, number one, this message that we want a formal relationship to take place. We want a formal structure in place. Um, and of course, uh, if there are key dynamics within Northern Ireland, for example, within uh, Scotland, um, that we need to communicate to people like Michel Barnier, we will do it. Because that, we feel, is our, our responsibility. And have you found in the discussions that you've had so far a particular Scottish dimension? Um, what would you say are the key issues that you take away from Scotland? Yes. And also to say, as a third sector organisation, the Alliance, um, we're very supportive of... Uh, networks post-Brexit, so we want to be not just observers, we want to be participants in all of this work. Okay, for sure. I think one of the recurring themes that we have had, incidentally, and I don't think I mentioned it, we have had meetings with people uh, in politics, so we've had also meetings with, with, um, with members of parliament yesterday and even ministers, we've had meetings with people in the business community, from the trade unions and from the voluntary sectors. Um, so that and the idea is obviously to try and get as much of a, a wide view as possible. I think one of the main recurrent themes that we have been hearing is migration. Okay, your desire, and I say yours, uh, i.e., people of Scotland and the Scottish authorities, is to try and uh, communicate out there as much as possible that Scotland wants to make EU nationals feel welcome. And I think this is a very, very important message because there is some preoccupation in terms of some reactions and news items that we have been seeing um, and we are extremely pleased and we are extremely encouraged to see that Scotland is putting a specific effort on this issue of making EU nationalism um, feel um, welcome and of course migration is a key issue for your economy because um, uh, you, you, you recognize formally that um, people who come from non-Scottish who come to work here bring skills with them, bring experiences with them um, and bring a certain amount of knowledge, which is critical for your economy. And there's also the demographics issue, yeah. whereby I understand you have a very um, uh, low uh, birth rate. So, of course, you are also looking towards 
migration to be able to sustain um, uh, and particularly in the health and social care mm-hmm. sector we are very dependent yeah. on migrant workers um, in our care homes and our healthcare assistants and hospitals um, so it's a very big issue that we identified in our own consultation yeah, yeah so so certainly migration was 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 one key aspect i think which came out across all sectors what i also found very positive is that um, uh, the different organizations that we've met, they've all seemed to indicate that accessibility to your members of parliament, to your government, is quite good. Um, this is not always the case throughout the whole of, of, of the EU, I guess. But, um, but here, uh, there seems to be um, a willingness from the, from the let's say, the pol- politicians to engage. And there's also um, a relative ease of access from the, from the organizations to communicate the messages and preoccupations to the political, to people in politics. I think that is extremely, extremely positive. Um, the other element which I feel is that there's a certain amount of frustration in terms then of whether your preoccupations are arriving actually to, let's say, London, to use, to use that phrase. Um, uh, and that I can understand obviously creates a certain amount of, of uneasiness. Um, which obviously you, the people of Scotland, will have to handle because we can try and handle as much as possible from the from the Brussels side. But what I what I also think is important that is um, because we, we talk about the Brussels bubble, which to some to some uh, to some effect is true that there is a Brussels bubble. We talk a lot about Brexit, about uh, the, the backstop, etc., etc. But we don't really have a sensation of what. The feelings are of the people here in, in Cardiff, in Northern Ireland, in London, okay, and of course in, in the wider areas. Uh, but by coming here, we can then talk about these firsthand, and I can we can communicate them firsthand. I think that is extremely important for us to be more sensitive and more effective in what we're trying to do. And very visible, and I think that's important in Scotland that we demonstrate that we are open. You know, our door is open. We yes. want to network. We want to. Uh, to work with you and it's also very good from our perspective that you come first hand mm-hmm. to hear see and yeah. taste in effect yeah. what people in communities in Scotland are feeling and I yeah. think that's really important and one of the things we spoke about today was um, you know issues that cross borders so they don't mm-hmm. stop at the border yes, like human rights like health, health. Yeah. you know these are all things that are very very important yes. um, to the kind of communities that we represent I, I, I totally agree um, I, I think it's also right to say that um, uh, so th- that the European Economic and Social Committee is possibly the only let's say in- EU institutions at the moment that is taking this kind of initiative uh, and, and I'm proud of that, but, um, and, I, and I want us to make a success of this because we feel that it is the right thing to do at this very sensitive and delicate point in time. Well, thank you so much for coming thank to you. Scotland. Thank you for engaging and with thank all you for your us. hospitality, of course. And we look forward to welcoming you back. Okay, thank you very much. A particular thanks to Stefano and the EESC for for coming to hear firsthand um, and to see and to and to hear and to touch what's happening in our communities in Scotland. Um, to our trade union and business colleagues and particularly to our third sector partners um, who have all really given very generously of their time to make sure that um, Scotland is uh, very much influencing the future agenda here. 
So it's really important that today isn't the end of things, that we continue the dialogue. Um, the Alliance has been doing a lot of work in this area. So we have our Brexit, What Matters to You report. Uh, the European Economic and Social Committee have a single market observatory report that they are updating literally on a daily basis. So it'd be a very important point of information uh, for people in Scotland to keep abreast with how things are progressing.